all he's doing here is begging me to lie to him. You see, we get so frustrated as salespeople. Buyers lie to us. But then we pull tricks like this. He doesn't say, if you like it, when do you think you might be able to do something? He is trying to tie me down. What we're doing as salespeople and sales organizations is we are creating the environment that forces buyers to say, hey, if you're going to play your game, then I'm going to play my game. Where is my win if I tell him no? Hello and welcome to this edition of the Sales Genius Podcast. My name is Doug Davidoff. I am your host. Don't forget that the Sales Genius Podcast is just one piece of being a part of the Sales Genius Network and the Sales Genius Network community. Sign up to be a member now. Just visit www.salesgeniusnetwork.com. And if you're not already a member, sign up. You'll get access to show notes, resources, workshops. We're putting together our 2020 plan for the Sales Genius Network. We're totally excited about that. We've also launched a brand new community on Mighty Networks. Yes, I don't know if you've heard of that one or not, but uh, as part of our stand against what Facebook is doing, we have uh, at least paused the network on Facebook and we are putting our money where our mouth is and helping um, what's actually a really, really cool platform. So check it out on Mighty Networks, the Sales Genius Network. Sign up now. Let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm going to talk about, well... Where one of the things that that can be such a strength from a sales perspective can become a weakness and what to do about it. What I'm going to talk about is salesmanship. So right now I'm involved in a purchasing process. I'm actually on the buy side. You know, at Imagine, we've always talked about the importance of data, the importance of lead intelligence, lead augmentation. So, you know, we're always on the lookout for tools and resources that can give us greater insight into what's happening in the market, what's happening with potential customers, what's happening uh, so we might be able to help our clients get some good lead intel, etc. And one of the major providers out there reached out to me uh, over the course of, frankly, a few months to get me to enter into a conversation with them. Um, we're talking about me testing out the, uh, the platform seeing what they have, seeing if it stands up to what we would be looking for potentially. And uh, I should also note that it is one of the premium players, if not the premium player. And, and as a result of that, it um, you know it's by no means inexpensive. So uh, I should also tell you, for those of you that don't know me, I can be a little bit skeptical when it comes to uh, promises around lead intelligence, data, and so forth. If you've ever been involved in this space, I, I don't have to tell you that there's a, a lot more promise out there of great data and insight than there is actually great data and insight. So anyways, I got to give credit to the salesperson because the salesperson did an excellent job. He was persistent. He was borderline aggressive, but didn't cross over the line. Um, he pushed for the meeting, professionally dealt with uh, any number of the reasons why talking right now wouldn't make sense, et cetera. I mean, really did everything the right way. So we're on a call. And again, I want to emphasize this is a good rep. Um, and I'm going to basically quickly summarize two calls. 
you know, in the first call, he started asking me, um, well, well, frankly, he started asking me a bunch of qualifying questions. Um, what do I need data for? What's my process? What's my this? What's my that? And, and, and I had to remind him that, um, hey, remember, um, I didn't call you. You called me. Right. This is something that we're always looking to improve, but by no means was this something where there's a specific um, acute need or, or issue that we're looking to address. This is just something that we're always looking to improve. Um, he, he asked me what some of my challenges are, what some of my concerns were. Um, and, and this is where his salesmanship began to get in the way. Basically, Anytime I brought up something that I was concerned about or where I thought that the promise of these databases failed to live up to, to the promise, he basically said to me that I was 100% wrong. And I should say, he didn't say I was 100% wrong. Overall, I was 100% wrong about his product. I, I reminded him multiple times that, hey, you know what? The proof is in the pudding. Here's the good news. If your product is good as you say it is, um, then, then hey, I'm not looking for a system to, to be ineffective. If your system's effective, then I'll be the first person to step up and say it's effective. And, you know, we will definitely have the basis of, of potentially doing some sort of business together. I made it clear to him that if we were going to do something, I would have to be able to have had access to the product to be able to get into it test some things out, see how it works, get a feel for the quality of the data, testing things, et cetera. Um, so I asked him what type of uh, free trial do they have? And, you know, he started off with, oh, well, we have a three-day free trial, to which I responded, you know, three days isn't enough time to do anything. Um, he then conceded that he could give me a five-day or, or one business week trial. I said, okay. Um, I also said that, you know, if we're going to do a five-day trial, then we've got to find a time where, you know, frankly, I've got a week to be able to do that effectively. And that with Thanksgiving coming up in a couple of weeks, this call was a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, that it would make sense for us to engage, um, for us to, to run the demo or the test in the, you know, to touch base the week following Thanksgiving to choose a good week for that. Um, he responded very professionally, right? He responded the way a salesperson should respond, which was, hey, I'm happy to do that. But how about before I set that up, we have one more call. I want to walk you through the platform. I want to make sure you know how to use it. Um, I resisted. I said, hey, I've, I've used these tools before. I don't need someone you know, to walk me through it. Frankly, I, I adapt to, the th to these things better when I do it on my own. He stood his ground said that he got it, but really, you know, it was important to him to make sure that if he was going to give me the access to the tool, that we be clear on what it is that we're trying to do, and that I understood how it works so that it had the best chance to be successful. My response to him was, hey, I respect your salesmanship. I respect you standing your ground. I respect you doing what, what I recommend to the salespeople that I work with. But I recommend that they do. So it would certainly be hypocritical for me to not step forward with them. So we agreed to have a meeting beforehand. And this is where he stepped over the line. We start off the meeting and, well, I kind of felt like we hadn't had a previous conversation. 
Um, he started off the meeting saying he really wanted to understand my business case and how does my team use data and, and, and all those various things, to which all I can tell you was on the other end of the conversation, I had my hands on my face. I was like, oh, my God, please. You know, our deal was you were going to walk me through the platform so that I would see precisely how it works. And then we'd be able to move forward. I had to remind them of that a couple of times. And he finally conceded and said, okay. We started walking through some of the, the product. And, I mean, he was optimistic. I'll, I'll give him that. But, but here again, here was the problem. Everything about his product was the best ever. Everything about his product worked 100% of the time. Now, I don't care how good you are. And, and, and by the way, this company's website clear as day communicates that the data is accurate 95%, right? The company gets, you can't say 100% when it's coming to data. You can't say it's perfect. It, this is a really difficult place. Look, if data were easy, it wouldn't be expensive. And all, all of us who are struggling with lead intelligence and data, we wouldn't be having those problems. So every time I talked about a concern or, or where I thought, you know, maybe something might not work um, as, as well as we wanted to or, you know, wherever my concern might be, he went right into explaining why I was totally wrong, why this product was right. And I finally said to him, look, if the product is as good as you say it is, then, then you don't have to tell me anything. Right. So the first mistake that he made was he got carried away, frankly, and I get it. Right. We have to be optimistic. We have to be confident. We have to believe in our product. But we also have to be realistic, especially when you're talking to somebody that has experience in the space that you're in, who has a degree of expertise. This is the second place where he went wrong. And, and, and there's two parts to where he went wrong here. He did not align with me. So, so first off, the questions that he asked me, these are the same basic questions that you would ask anybody. Very early on, and in a first conversation, I had demonstrated to him that, that I've worked with many vendors. I'm involved in advising companies in this space. I have a significant degree of expertise. I understand the advantages and the disadvantages of the product. I have reasonable expectations. I'm skeptical, but I have reasonable expectations. By the way, my skepticism is actually kind of healthy because I don't expect everything to be great. And, and if I can get data that's better, I, I understand the value of that, right? But his desire to communicate his absolute total 100% belief to me, had the reversed impact of creating confidence, right? If nothing else, it reduced my confidence in him. And, and I will tell you that, that as much as he is a good rep, you know, and, and by the way, I would recruit him for a position in a second because I think if he was taught the right way to do it, he would be phenomenal. But, but despite his sales acumen, I have zero trust in the guy, not, not in him personally, I don't expect anything he says to be accurate because he had too many places where he could align with me, where he could empathize with me, where he could agree that certain areas are very difficult or 
or even talk about where the weakness of his product is. Right? If he would communicate to me where the weakness of his product is, then when he talks to me about where the strengths are, I'm going to be far more likely to believe that. And, and let's, let's realize, buyers are not the insane people that we oftentimes make them out to be. They understand that there's no perfect choice. They understand that there are trade-offs. So the, the first place where he went wrong with alignment was he, he didn't treat me as the, the, based on the knowledge that I have. And, and as a result of that, he, he tried to overcome every single objection or concern that I had. And he tried to do it very, very prematurely. Because remember, nothing is happening until I test out the product. Right. Here's the second thing he did. He asked all of the hot sales questions. So tell me, how does your team use lead intelligence tools? He didn't use that term, but that's the question he asked. I explained to him how we do it. I explained to him that it works pretty well for us. We do some original sourcing. We've been using uh, you know, an approach for several years that's worked really well. And he immediately came to tell me, oh, we're going to save you days and weeks. Your data is not good, and you probably have this problem and that problem. By the way, the problems he said I had, I don't have, right? So, so while he asked me all these hot questions and, and you know, tell me, what would the value of X, Y, or Z be? Now, again, I, I will share with you. I know where he's getting these questions. Now, I realize that most people he's talking to don't do what I do, so they probably, you know, don't know what's happening on, on the background or, you know, what's leading to these questions being asked, but... I know that he is asking all of the questions that, that all of the research shows that when you ask these types of questions, the likelihood of a successful outcome increases. So again, he was implementing a playbook the right way, but he wasn't implementing the right play because I again had to remind him that he sought me out. I didn't seek him out. I had to remind him, I don't know if this is going to solve an immediate problem. I, I had to remind him multiple times that I, I don't have a timeline to make a decision. As a matter of fact, if he hadn't pursued me as professionally and persistently as he had, I wouldn't even be thinking about this or considering this. I reminded him that he wanted to explain what they could do. He felt that it would be worth my time to understand where they fit. I agreed with them. But again, that didn't mean that I'm ready to buy in the next 30 days. So that's the second place where he was out of alignment. We weren't at the right stage in the decision process for him to be pushing those types of questions on me, even though, again, statistically, they're really good questions to ask. You see, what he was doing the whole way was he was selling me. He wasn't enticing me to buy. Right? He wasn't aligning and helping me understand how his product could work. Now, remember, through this whole time, through this whole period, he is telling me again and again and again and again how great and perfect his product is. Now, here's my question. If his product is so great and so perfect, why am I having so much difficulty to get a shot at actually using the product to see how it works. All right, now it doesn't end there. We finish 
our last conversation, we agree that we're going to do the free day, the five free day trial. He emails me and I quote, do you have time next week? Now this is on a Friday. Do you have time next week to trial it? Reason I ask is that if the trial goes well and you would like to get this in your team's hands, I'd love to get the team trained and onboarded to be ready to crank out, sorry, ready to crank off the bat in 2020. Would it be possible, barring a successful trial, to partner together in December? Now, mind you, this is the end of the first week of December, right? I have made clear to him that there's no specific timing that I have, and until I have an opportunity to experience the product to see if it comes close to what he says it will be, I can't even begin to entertain And he is trying to nail me down on a buying decision. Mind you, all he's doing here is begging me to lie to him. You see, we get so frustrated as salespeople that buyers lie to us. But then we pull tricks like this. He doesn't say, if you like it, when do you think you might be able to do something? He doesn't make it equitable. He is trying to tie me down. Now, again, I get it. This is statistically the right way to do something. It's just not the right thing to do. Right? And what we're doing as salespeople and sales organizations is we are creating the environment that forces buyers to say, hey, if you're going to play your game, then I'm going to play my game because I now want to understand the product. Like, where is my win if I tell him no? What's more, because of the actions that he's taken, he's demonstrated that this is not an equitable relationship. This is not a a win-win. I mean, he, he uses the words, but the behaviors don't align. Now, I share this with you, not because I'm trying to tell the story of some crappy sales process or some crappy salesperson, because I want to remind you, I think this person is extraordinarily good at what he does. And, And by the way, I know the process that they're executing, and it is, I mean, it's best practices. Um, I, I'm sure they've got call coaching going on. I'm sure they've They've worked and and defined the types of questions to ask, how to ask these questions. And and, and this is what we mean when someone says it's more important to do the right things than to do things right. This scenario is a very well-executed scenario of doing the wrong things right. And I share it because it happens all the time. And I would bet that for most of you, if you're listening, you're guilty of these very same behaviors. So, so what do you do? How do you handle this process right? Well, the first thing is you have to understand the context of the conversation. Realize, if you're pursuing me, there's a different set of urgency. There's a different timeline. There's a different approach. You've got to play a different role. Whereas, you know, if I'm pursuing you, if I've reached out to you, then, yeah, you might be able to ask those timing questions. You know, be careful about it, 
remember, the key thing that drives any relationship is, is equity, right? Is it a fair and balanced relationship? So if I'm asking for pricing information, or, or even more importantly, if I'm asking for favorable pricing information, then you have every right to ask the question. If I'm asking for a demo, if I'm saying, I want to see the product because I want to see it, not because you reached out to me, but hey, I'm you know looking at and I want to see it, then, then you can ask, what, what's the timing of the decision? I, I wouldn't ask this type of you know, hard-nosed, you know, are you ready to buy 30 days after you test it? And you, you get to ask that question. But when you're pursuing, like this is one of the reasons that people fail at account-based and why people fail at outbound. They do a great job to get the conversation going, but then they treat it like a sales-qualified lead, like a, hey, I'm going to get this in this month. Right? He pursued me. He did all the hard work. He's got my attention. I'm spending time with him. I've had three conversations with him. And, and, and he's losing it. Right? Understand the context of the conversation. Understand who you're talking to. Right? He's talking to an expert in this space. I, I don't mean to sound arrogant, but I know my way around these lead intelligence tools. I've, I've used just about every one of them, either for my company or through the work that we do with clients. I'm, I'm not new to it. I've, I've heard it all before. He had a great opportunity to, you know, really become my partner, become my curator, become, you know, to, to support what I'm doing, to explain, oh yeah, I mean, he could have gone with the old feel felt found. Yeah, I know exactly how you feel. You know, I got to tell you, until, you know, X, Y, or Z, that was the case. That's why I'm so excited about what we're doing here, because we have solved so many of those problems. But look, I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm, I'm asking you to give it a test. I'm asking you to give it a try, right? See, you know, beat it up, break it, show me where it doesn't work. I'd love for you to be able to tell me that, right? Engage with the person based upon who and how they are. Don't tell them they're wrong. I mean, you can't tell them they're wrong when they're wrong. You know, but in this case, you know, especially because so much of what I was sharing was based on firsthand experience. You know, I might not be right today. Like his product might be as good as he says it is, but I'm not wrong in terms of what I'm saying. You can be my guide. You can be my hero to help me work through these things, right? But embrace that. Here's, here's the next thing to do. Get it out of your head that skepticism, objections, or concerns, especially early, are bad. Look, if I had no interest, I wouldn't have told the guy what I'm worried about. But, but don't discredit what I'm worried about by simply telling me, oh yeah, we, we've got that taken care of. Understand it. Embrace your prospect skepticism. By the way, it is very, very often the skeptic in the organization that's the one who can help best move things along. Next, know where you are in the process. Right? We are at an early stage in the process. He reached out to me. I'm having first conversations. I'm deciding, is it even worth spending time to think about the product? He's trying to close me on it, right? 
we're totally out of whack. He's asking me questions that he hasn't earned the right to ask because he hasn't demonstrated anything to me that is particularly valuable or insightful that's caused me to say, well, well, how would that work? Right? If, if you've got a great product and you want to get it in front of me, then get it in front of me. If you've got a frame of reference and you're trying to change how I think about something, then you've got to generate the value up front so I'm willing to put the thought and attention that's necessary to change my mindset for something. You've got to align with your buyer and be where you are in the process of that decision. Next, be balanced. Yeah, admit where your product isn't strong or your service. Admit where things go wrong. Admit that it's not perfect. The more willing you are to identify with what's not right, the more we're going to believe you when it is. Or, or when you make a statement that you are strong somewhere. Right? Be balanced in your perspective. You see, it really comes down to this. Great sellers are advocates for their customers. They're advocates for solving the customer's problem. They're not advocates for their solution, their product, or their service. Stop advocating for your solution, especially so damn early. Understand and read what's going on on the buy side and help them. And and then here's the last thing. If you're good, make sure that you don't do all the talking. God knows, especially if you're talking about a product. Right? Remember, it's called show business for a reason. It's show business. It's not tell business. Let your solution speak for itself. The biggest challenge that salespeople with great salesmanship have is they speak so often and they speak too much that we never actually get to hear the solution. So step back, relax, let your solution speak for itself, advocate for the customer, be balanced, be empathetic, and understand the context of the situation that you're in. You'll find buyers, especially the toughest, most valuable ones, they will let down their guard They'll let you in on the inside. You'll know what's really happening. Buyers won't lie to you anymore. You'll win more business effortlessly. That's this edition of the Sales Genius Podcast. Please don't forget, join salesgeniusnetwork.com. More importantly, if you've got a sales situation, a sales problem that you're dealing with, or if for the marketers that are out there, what are you doing around lead generation? If you've got questions, concerns, or challenges, let us know what they are. And you could be the focus of the next Sales Genius Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Until next time, go out and be a sales genius.